Uno, dos, tres. La tena. Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the hand lettering masters of tomorrow, today. My name is Martina Flora, I'm a lettering artist, author, educator, and the host of the show. And today I have a great guest to talk about the ups and downs of a creative life. How can you deal with burnouts? How do you process through your downs as a creative? How do you do when inspiration abandons you? How not to let people's indifference get you? And to discuss all of this, I have Nim Ben Rufen with me. Nim is a freelance art director, custom lettering artist, video producer, and installation designer living in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Ben. So happy to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm a little confused because I thought this was going to be a cryptocurrency investment seminar. And I paid a lot of money for this. And um, I hope at some point you're going to give me the tips and tricks to invest in the best cryptocurrency stocks. So um, I guess I'll keep my fingers crossed. But until then, we can definitely talk about whatever you like. I'm sorry to disappoint. We didn't get any money anyways, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> Who did I pay then? Uh, I got to talk to my lawyers. They're, all, they're right out there. So I will talk to them. Definitely, definitely. You should get a new one. So I'm going to add um, Ben's website and social media handles to our show notes so that you can, if you don't know his work, you can get to know him and what he does. But Ben, I always like to ask my guests to introduce themselves. So how would you introduce yourself? Uh, I would introduce myself as Nim rather than Ben. Um, ben is part of my last name, but it's very confusing. Um, oftentimes people think my name is Pim or Bim or Jim. Um, and that's okay. I just get um, a little sad and then I crawl under my bed and cry for two hours. Um, but this is fine. Um, I would describe myself as an artist who's trying to find a way to develop my art through learning about sociology, learning about like cultural norms and deviations and all sorts of interesting things that are happening in the world and intertwining the two of them in varying degrees of success and failure um, and learning about it along the way. I love it because I, I just thought that you were a lettering artist, but you're so much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to come off as for sure. So Amazing. So Ben, I invited you to discuss today's topic because I have to say that I'm extremely inspired by your non-inspirational quotes. Nimp uh, posts quotes on his Instagram account, like things like nothing is going to be fine or you have ruined everything and things like this won't last. Um, I, I wouldn't say that he does it like every day, but when he does, you would definitely know this. So you can go check those on, um, on his Instagram account. I'm going to add this to the show notes as well. And... I love that skeptical approach to inspirational quotes. And I thought that you could have an interesting per perspective around today's topic about like, you know, how to navigate those downs and especially the downs, like the ups, we can all navigate the ups of a creative life. But when it comes to the downs, we all have a struggle and we all have uh, trouble with that. Um, but to be honest, you know, I'm thinking that it could also backfire and 
this turned out to be like a totally depressing um, uh, podcast episode. So let's see how it goes. Um, so I will add Neem's uh, Instagram account on the show notes so that you can get to know the, the quotes I'm talking about uh, right now. Um, and I want to kick off the conversation, Neem, by asking you what, what inspired you to do these quotes? Like why... Where are they coming from, actually? Like, why did you start it, like, creating or actually beautifully or creating beautiful lettering to, um, you know, to illustrate these quotes? It was a mix of two varying forces in my life that were coalescing at the same time. Uh, one of them was, like, a very traumatic event that I had just gone through that I needed some form of expression to kind of meditate myself out of my own head in a way, kind of find some pathway to healing. And so that was where lettering started. I had already had some like interest in the form, but really wanted to explore the fine tuned aspects of it and really like sit for hours and hours, just like noodling around with letters. At the same time, I think that's when lettering became pretty popular on Instagram and a few of my friends were like, you should do this. You should get on the gram, bro. Um, and I was like, no, 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 you don't want to do it. And then of course I did it two seconds later because I flip flop with opinions and ideas constantly. Um, and being on Instagram, I felt like there was a lot of weight on the side of motivational quotes. I think a lot of people can relate to this, like lettering especially was almost exclusively a forum for positivity uh, to a point where it was oversaturated and I felt like I wanted to provide some sort of sarcastic, sardonic balance the other way to kind of, you know, get people a different sense of what can be done with lettering and also with one's emotions um, to kind of like be okay with expressing the darker thoughts that we are going through rather than always having to be putting on that happy face with like your your smile being pulled out by two hooks um, to make sure that you know everybody on Instagram was always happy and always positive. It kind of made me a little queasy. And so doing these kind of nihilistic motivational quotes, things that I felt were motivational in that they allowed me to express my, you know, the darker feelings. Um, and then nihilistic also because a lot of the stuff that goes on in the world is kind of absurd. And I have that kind of edge to myself is, you know, the none of this matters kind of side of things. But why not make it beautiful if it doesn't matter? So either way. Amazing. I want to listen more of those stories later on as we go through the questions. But I think I totally relate to what you say. I think that this idea of positivity and also the fact that you know the or the understanding that we need to be creating all the time and super or hyperactive all the time when it comes to creativity it also makes really difficult to navigate the down moments right because we don't see this as part of the process and as we go through the questions you will see that a lot of artists struggle with this and actually i, I asked my followers on instagram a couple of uh, of days ago um, I asked them, did you ever fall down and unmotivated and, and still didn't allow yourself to take a break? And a shocking 94% said yes. And the other 6% said no. And they're probably lying as well, right? So um, 
why do you think this is? Why do you think that we, or I, I, I would assume that most of the people that are, or most of my following on Instagram are creatives, illustrators, designers, any anyone working or doing something in the creative industries. So why do you think this is? Why do you think that we as creatives have this, um, put this pressure on ourselves? Such a big question, but something I've been thinking about for a bunch of years now um, and very relevant to how I look at my own work. Um, I find a lot of blame. I put the blame on this. I point my fingers straight at uh, the culture of hustling hard. Mm. Um, that's something that I had huge difficulty kind of understanding and taking in. And then also once I understood what it meant, um, just the the fact that it felt like it was driving people to a very unhealthy place of constant need to create, but also constant competition, constant like, you know, me against the world and I have to be working harder than everybody else or person number two or three is gonna get the jobs that are supposed mm -hmm. to go to the me who is hustling as hard as I can. Um, but at the end of the day, it felt to me that this culture of hustling only benefits the corporations that essentially cause people to constantly create without thinking of their own well-being, without thinking about like the rest that they need to take. So whether it's the job that you're at or this Instagram or Facebook or Dribble or wherever a creative finds themselves trying to push their work out onto, um, it benefits the platform more so mm. than the actual artist. There are rare moments where the artist will like blow up, go viral because of the amount of work they put out that resonates with folks in some capacity. Mm. But for the most part, I would say the majority of people will never really benefit from constantly hustling. And the people that will always benefit from it are the ones on top that are making the money off of this stuff and not specifically us as creators. Yeah, that's um, an, inter an interesting perspective because it's like you're describing some sort of machine where, you know, like we need to feed with our creativity and our production it, or the, the things we create, right? And I, I think that makes a lot of sense because I always, whenever I go on Instagram, I always have the feeling that everyone is doing something, you know, like people is being extremely creative, like, extremely productive and doing something all the time and kind of putting work out there. And that's kind of an illusion, right? And that this illusion causes us to feel that when we are not creating something, um, we should be actually doing that, right? So it's not right not to be doing anything. And I also have, you know, I have this perception about not creating or the moments where you're, you know, when you're taking a break or when you're not really inspired to create something, I always try to see this as the necessary step to actually create later on. So that, you know, I, I try to see this as part of life. Like, okay, you need, you need the black to understand white. You need to, you know, have experienced sadness to under or to realize when you're really happy, right? So you sort of need those those moments where you're not creating or you're taking a break in order to later be creative or, you know, um, put some work out there, right? Very good point, yeah. 
So as you know, Nim, this is a listener-driven show. So we are here to answer questions from our listeners and we will go through your stories and I want to hear all of them um, as we go through the questions, right? So, well, not all of them, just some of them. <laughs> keep <laughs> okay, keep some for yourself. Um, so we'll start with messages coming from social media. You can send us your questions through uh, my Instagram stories on Martina Floor or send your voice memos with questions and comments by simply going to martinafloor.com slash voice message or email your voice memo to podcast at martinafloor.com. Our first question is coming from Bea. How do you deal with burnouts? So through the experience of hosting the the podcast, and I, w I want to pass it to you later, um, Nim. Um, through the experience of hosting this podcast, I am starting to realize that burnout is a super common thing among creatives. I, I, I mentioned this in the beginning, and I, you know, recently I recorded a podcast episode with Scott uh, Biersack, um, and we oh. found a, a possible oh, <laughs> terrible person, right? Okay, so we, we, we found a. <laughs> we found a possible reason for it. And the reason may be that many of us, and I think this is brilliant, we're brilliant because we came to this con uh, like understanding. Um, and I want to like, I want to tell you to, to see what you, if it resonates with you. So I, I, we, we came to realize that many of us in the creative industries are here because we, you know, this was initially our hobby. And we loved it so much and enjoyed it so much that we decided to turn it into our full-time job, which I think is totally fine. Uh, but the problem is that once our hobby becomes our job, we need to start treating it as a job and set some boundaries around it. So otherwise, burnout is really around the corner because you just, you know, you, you assume that you will be enjoying every minute of doing something that you initially like doing. But this is also your job. It's something that also puts some pressure on you. So can you relate to this? And how do you go about burnouts uh, when they happen, if they happen? And, you know, how do you go about them so that Bea, who is asking this question around burnout, could get, you know, perhaps some insights that can help her? Yeah, this is a, a huge thing that I feel like more and more folks are becoming more aware of, especially in these creative industries, because there is so much pressure to constantly, constantly be working and producing. Um, but also there's there becomes like a disconnect, I think, when folks start, you know, you start out as a creative who feels like, oh, I've got this talent, I've got this skill, and I've got this passion for this thing that I'm working on. I can't wait to work in a studio or an industry or, you know, for a company that really, you know, appreciates what I do. And then they set foot in these places. And, you know, I don't know too many people that works for, you know, that work for like a corporation or any of those high level, like pie in the sky brands that were so like, you know, buzzworthy for everybody who don't feel really crappy at the end of the day in a lot of the days that they work there because, They're just doing menial tasks that don't exercise their brains. They're kind of like on the, the lowest rung of the ladder of who gets you know paid, who gets respected. Designers, creatives are often, you know, really really low on the list. Like everybody has their say, and the designer has to kind of c collapse their own 
passions and their own like opinions in a lot of these cases to make way for the marketing team, the strategy team, the insane CEO mm. who, you know, comes off as some like a genius, but it's in fact a sociopath who doesn't know what they're talking about in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm not calling anybody out, but most tech companies are run by sociopaths. I'll just put that out there. Um, especially the tech companies that we think are the best places to work. Like you're going to bleep these out and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and so without, you know, when we start to work in these industries, we realize, I mean, we're working 13, 14, 15 hour days, and we don't have time to go back to like the personal projects that we thought we would be able to expand upon in a lot of these places. And so that's why I think a lot of folks are going freelance now. Mm. There's a little bit of backlash on that, um, on like the having to have that five, nine to five. And so the freelance thing helps a little bit to mitigate what kind of jobs you will allow yourself to be put into and what kind of pressures can come in and out of that place. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like when that happens anyway, like if we are trying to constantly create and we're running into those mental blocks uh, we definitely don't give ourselves that space to breathe, that space to explore, because we feel like, you know, if we spend too much time away from that, we'll become irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden people will stop noticing us. But I like to think of it in terms of like, if you think of your favorite musicians, more often than not, they will be putting out albums like once every two years, maybe three, four, five years, if, you know, that seems average. Um, especially bands that you really like tend to put out albums like so rarely that you're like when they come out you're like oh my goodness this is what I've been waiting for or maybe not but to give yourself some slack and thinking that like there are other industries that need to take this time to produce beautiful wonderful things or important things for themselves like film books like all the other creative parts outside of design they take their time and they're allowed to take their time and hopefully we can allow ourselves that as well and that can trickle upwards into the industry when we become the creative directors or the ceos of companies um uh, that's my hope is that eventually it will become a place where there will be time for research time for self-awareness in between jobs mm. and during jobs too did, did you ever feel burnout? Uh, I am heating up right now. Super burnt. Um, I, definitely the last two years. Um, mm. When I think there was something happened in the world, I can't quite remember what it mm. was, but it was weird. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I felt a little sniffly. I think it's just you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's yeah. case in point. I'm always thinking of terrible things happening just to me. Um, but yeah, when... There was a lot of pressure a few, you know, a couple years back when a lot of us were out of jobs, myself included. I wasn't being hired for anything for a bunch of months. Mm. And during that time, you're like, I got to make stuff. I got to really, you know, make sure people know that I still exist. Um, when in fact, I could have used that time to explore completely different aspects of the world, things that I may have not known I was interested in. Um, just like allow myself to take a look around me essentially and be like okay now it's time to build up those creative stores um 
you know, take a walk every day or just, you know, read as many books or talk to as many people on Zoom as you can to just learn about other people's experiences and not feel so much that our worth is directly correlated to what we're making and how many likes we're getting or who's hiring us. Very difficult to do. I haven't mastered it yet, but if anybody has those answers, please call me up right now and um, I'll pay you five bucks. <laughs> Maybe, it's amazing. It I think that that the the pandemic, if anything, for many of us has, you know, triggered these questions actually to um, understand what is really important, what you really want to do, right? Um, of course, it has had a lot of negative impacts on a lot of other things. But if we can pick up on something about the pandemic, is that definitely it it invited us to think or rethink the, the way we were doing things. Hopefully we will, there will be some learnings after this. Um, maybe not, maybe we come back to just, you know, the world as it used to be. Um, but I think some of the things you mentioned, like, um, you know, reconnecting with people, taking your time and understanding that you don't need to be productive all the time. Also, I, I remember that when the pandemic started, there was this, this also uh, positivity around the pandemic, like, okay, use this time to learn something new or use this time to like explore some creative ende endeavor. And it was like, well, maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't feel like doing this. Maybe I have, you know, I just want to be down and depressed about the, you know, what's happening in the world, right? Um, yeah. so, so let's move on to the ne next question coming from Diana. What are the main reasons for your downs and do you process uh, and how do you process through those? Ben, a few months ago, and you, you actually said that as we started with the podcast, so I'm going to pick up on that right now. But a few months ago, we had a conversation on Clubhouse about a completely different topic. But I remember that I remember that you mentioned that uh, you started doing lettering as a way to process a loss. And um, I would love to hear a little bit more about it. And if you're open to share with us, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everything is a down sometimes. Um, and back to your previous statement about the pandemic and this, you know, take the opportunity to create and to learn something new. I don't remember any time where there was a force that was saying, like, take this opportunity to really grieve what is going on, to grieve the loss of, you know, the sheer loss of life, the loss of lifestyle. And then also in the midst of that, we're going through a million and one, you know, civil justice moments here in the United, United States, especially where it's like, you know, we're also in those moments told to like, oh, you need to create something for this rather than like take this moment to sit with what is happening and take it in and like listen to yourself, listen to the world around you. Hmm. Um, and I've definitely been, you know, found myself in the opposite side of like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something to distract my mind from feeling this stuff. Um, but with the lettering stuff that I started doing and like the you know, meditative aspect of it, I think I went into it knowing that I was doing it to release some of that grief, to allow myself to like understand what it was that I was feeling and then calm myself down through it. So like whether it was the, the statement that I was saying with the lettering or the feeling that I was getting by just sitting by myself and lettering stuff, that was a 
it felt like a, a release at times, but also it was like a very deep moment to connect with myself. Um, and then also other people, strangers on the internet, when I put this stuff out for an audience to kind of react to and seeing where people stood with it, where, you know, if it resonated with folks um, and also engaging with people was very important to me. Um, and I'm trying to go back to the original question, but, you know, the downs, I think, you know, dealing with the downs and what like would bring me down. I mean, the world brings me down. I'm sure it brings everybody down. Um, but also finding elements of beauty in that downtime, like, you know, without that sadness, you can't really express your true joys or your true, like, you know, expression of beauty without, you know, feeling like the opposite of whatever it is that is the positive stuff. Um, and so really like bringing it in and to be accepting of it and to be, you know, acknowledge it as a very, very useful and beautiful trait to have those downs, I find is very important for me and then might be as well for other folks who are in the creative industry, who are kind of pushed towards the, you know, the big smiles, the light and fluffy um, stuff that is, you know, kind of pushed on us through social media or the rest of the world. Does that, does that answer anything? Yeah, it's it's super interesting because by by embracing this down moment or like, yeah, by by processing your loss you something actually beautiful came out on the other side like i if i understood right like you actually started doing something you really enjoy doing which is lettering and you explored a new creative um yeah aspect of your craft um so you know i'm t just actually putting this in terms of positivity but um mm -hmm. but actually i you know embracing this these negative moments or these down moments that I bet that in the in the in the precise moment were really, you know, deep for you and were at times or most of the time not enjoyable. But by embracing that, there was something coming um, down the road that was there for you, and it was you know um, discovering this new aspect of your creativity, right? Yeah, there were definitely ups and downs to it. I mean, there's the element of being able to fully express oneself is very important. Um, and then on the other hand, oftentimes this kind of stuff isn't well received in terms of like, if you want to get jobs um, from what you do, like it's not as noticeable. Um, something that I ran into when I first started doing it is people wanted to see a lot of process videos of how I worked. And that was incredibly difficult for me because it was a very personal space. Mm -hmm. And if I set up a camera for three hours, just watching myself erase and redraw, um, it would be embarrassing for me. And then also be kind of like opening myself up to a process that I felt like wasn't for other people. Mm -hmm. Like the process was for me, the journey was for me, the end result I wanted to have for you know an audience, but everything before then um, I wanted to kind of hold on very tightly to be my own thing. And I didn't really want to, you know, uh, dilute it in a way by like having other elements enter. Like, oh, am I, is my hand moving correctly? Do I look good in this light? No, I don't. Oh, I'm like, mm -mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. I feel that, you know, I don't want to sound like extremely positive again, um, but I'm, I, I find it so interesting how 
things that we perceive as negative in the moment can turn out to be a have a positive a positive impact in our lives when i think of you know when i when i think of when i moved to germany uh, back in 2010 um i remember that i went through like i think a few months after i moved here um there was a very cold winter and i spent a lot of time at home just doing my work and I remember that at that time I was struggling also with the fact that I couldn't speak the language at all really when I moved to Germany I couldn't speak the language at all so I had a lot of insecurities around it because I was a very opinionated person I was very like expressive and you know I came to a place where I couldn't express myself through words so and like looking back and I had to like elaborate this for a TED talk that I gave a couple of years ago um I feel that some of that came out um, in my work in a way that, you know, now when I look back, I think like, okay, my work is so, you know, or much of the work that I do is so decorative and so detailed and with a lot of flourishing and stuff. I feel that perhaps that experience had or backfire in that sense, you know, it had an impact in my work where I was, you know, I won't keep anything when it comes to my work, when it comes to drawing, I would just put everything that I have to say on the piece, right? So, um, so I'm not sure if it makes sense, but what I'm trying to, to say is that oftentimes, or perhaps as, a, as an answer to the previous questions, is that oftentimes down moments can, um, can backfire or, can, or down the road can show you a better place for you, right? So I think it's so important to embrace those and understand that they are part of the process. And, oh, yeah. you know, down the road, you can become a super great lettering artist like Nim Ben Reufen is. Um, just because you, through that, you process your loss, you process like a down moment that you're going through right now. So, um, Nim, we are moving on to our inspirational quote segment. Ooh, you, this is, nice. I know this is a surprise for you. Um, Nim, we all have quotes. And in this section, we do our best to answer questions from our listeners with a quote. We later put this question, these quotes on our show notes so that listeners can share them on social media. The truth is that, Nim, we just chat for a while. And if we happen to come up with a quote, we'll put it on the show notes. Um, if you don't come up with a quote, don't worry. Um, we will just sum it up in a nice way and make you sound really smart on our show notes. Um, I'm a little bit afraid of the type of quotes that are gonna come out from this uh, from the podcast because of the you know they will be in the line of like life sucks or there's no way out or <laughs> things like this right. Um, so here's the first question coming from Alba on Instagram. What do you do when you think that inspiration has abandoned you and feels that your work is not trendy? So I see those two questions here. Uh, name. One of them is about inspiration and um, what to do when you don't feel inspired. I think the other question is has to do with, you know, your work not being trendy. So for the first one, I just want to make a point that that we often use inspiration um, in replacement of motivation. So inspiration, luckily, is something that happens sporadically because you know being inspired all the time is. The closest, to, the closest to suffering ADHD. Um, so if you are inspired all the time, you have ideas constantly and that would drive you crazy. So yes. motivation will be 
the force that, you know, once you have that idea through inspiration, motivation will be like the force that helps you go through the work. So if you're inspired and you have that idea, motivation will help you make that happen, right? So um, Alba, good for you that you're not inspired all the time. So that's a good thing. But I'd like us to approach Alba's question um, or her second question around being trendy. And, you know, Nim, what would you say to Alba that is struggling with the feeling that their, you know, their work is not trendy enough? Oh, that's, that's great. I'm very happy that your work isn't trendy enough. I appreciate the elements of non-trendy work. Um, trendy is a very dangerous place to find oneself in because within, you know, two, three days, it will be irrelevant. Um, or just kind of, you know, appealing to the most basic uh, of audiences, not to call out any audience, but there is a, a you know, an aspect of trendy work that is trendy because it appeals to so many people. It doesn't offend anybody. It doesn't do anything beyond like, oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, I could get down with this rather than like, hmm, this makes me think. Trendy stuff doesn't really make you think. So it's great to do trendy work um, because it gets you paid sometimes and gets you followings. But um, on the other hand, to chase that is kind of it will override your own personal voice and when your personal voice gets overridden nobody knows what you've made is actually from you and it's easily copyable it's easily replaceable um, a machine could do it essentially an algorithm could make the work mm. um, and so you know this is also me yeah, I'm sure at times I've wanted to make work that trends, but I don't. So, of course, I find ways of you know, the negative aspects shining through and be like, oh, I, I'm not going to do that because you know, I'm too good for that. Um, so take this with a grain of salt, too. Like there's some people that really want to do trendy stuff and it appeals to them and it's fascinating. Um, if that is still the case, I would try to find trends in other industries and other aspects of life other than you know the art or design world read you know books about world events see movies documentaries that are about things that you've never known about um, and those might be trendy documentaries are super trendy podcasts are trendy you might find inspiration through those types of trends rather than visual trends i love that idea that the idea of like using or trendy topics or take inspiration from trendy topics or actually react to react to trendy topics with your work. So I think that's a that's a great idea to still be kind of current and you know trendy I think it also has to do with being current or something that is appeal or a appealing right now uh, so I think that picking up you know having a perspective on something that is happening right now is a way of being trendy without really copying what's being trendy if that makes yeah, sense yeah that, that makes sense yeah that definitely amazing narrows it down for me thank you <laughs> amazing so the second question is actually a comment from Vera on, on, on Instagram no it's a question sorry how not let people's indifference get to me and I love this question because I've been thinking a lot lately about this. And I think what Isveria is actually 
talking about is validation. So what do I do when my work is not validated by other people? And there's a lot of ways to validate your work. Um, but Neem, you might agree with me when I say that, unfortunately, right now, the most widely used validation method is social media. Uh, so when you post something on social media and it goes unseen, you start wondering, you know, what does this mean? My work is not current enough or, you know, it's not good enough. Um, and I want to pass it to you because I know that I have like a lot of um, opinions around social media um, and, and you express them very often and in a very interesting way you will see when you when you get to see um Nim's uh, social media account instagram uh you will see that he has some posts around this topic um and i know also um speaking about validation Nim, i know that you have received awards you have a big social media following your work has been validated in a, yes <laughs> your work has been but i'm laughing for those that are listening to the podcast i'm laughing because i'm seeing Nim on uh, on video right now and he's i'm eating this, this up this these these fancy poses um you know so you have as i said you have received awards you have a big social media following you your work has been validated in a number of, way, of ways, but nevertheless, you're very critical of those validation methods, right? Um, yes. What would you say to Vera that is finding it hard to deal with validation? This is a big, another big question um, that the, I don't know if we've come up with the right solution for, but I think knowing that it exists and knowing the forces that are in play, um, is very important like as a step to move towards countering these. And I think taking this all the way back to towards the beginning of this conversation, um, something about this idea of, you know, the, the darker moments kind of feeding into our experiences and like us kind of like putting a lot of weight on those and the importance of that, but also on the other side of thing, like the ability to take the brighter moments and let them stick with us. Like that's something that we are less and less good at doing as we are more involved in the social media world. Like, you know, we could do something that goes absolutely ballistic that people love and are insanely just, um, you know, supportive of uh, the next day we might still feel absolutely just down in the dumps sad like why do i feel so crappy um it's because we can't hold on to these feelings anymore because we need this constant resupply of uh serotonin or whatever the the like you know numbers give us just constantly and i think the social media companies know this they exploit it to no end they'll keep exploiting it until we find another way of that self-validation which mm. i'm starting to feel like only really occurs with you know personal interaction with people um you know spending more time with the people that you love and putting a lot more weight into the interactions that you have to like find ways of being more kind to the people that you love and to like allow them to be more kind to you mm. and you know again it's like you could make something gorgeous and your mother or your your partner, sister, brother, say like, wow, that's amazing. I love this. You're so talented. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. 
and you just like wait for a stranger, a complete stranger to validate it, to be like, oh, I need that. That's what I need is somebody who has nothing to do with my life, who I'll never meet to like, even if it's a celebrity that doesn't care about me, like I need that validation rather than somebody who I absolutely trust and care about. Um, and to like rewind, notice that that's happening, bring ourselves into a place where we're like, wow, this is somebody who I really, you know, I am impressed with their you know, status. I respect their opinions. Why don't I, you know, take in what they're saying and use that as my validation and everything that comes after that is just a bonus or, you know, we'll find ways of dealing with it. But, um, as long as that exists, I think I'm hoping to become better at taking in the good stuff and finding it in other places outside of social media. But it's really hard, I gotta say, it's super hard. Yeah, totally, and I think that what you said is so important, like we, we need to find like healthier ways to validate our work. Um, I feel that, you know, or as a general rule, I have this rule that, you know, the farther away the person who is giving feedback is, the less you need to be paying attention to that feedback, right? So what you said before about like, you know, family and friends and, and peers giving you feedback, um, this can be so much more um, important, right? Because they, you know, art is not just the art, it's just the person who creates the art, where the person is coming from or where they are coming from with their work, like their stories, their journey. Um, and I think that the people who are around you, the, the people who is closer to you can understand all of this and they can see your work as a whole and not just like a pretty picture on Instagram, right? So I think as a general rule, it makes a lot of sense to think or to try to find circles where you can really relate to that person and you can really get to know that person who is giving you feedback. And when it comes to social media, understand that it's just a pool of people, people that don't really know you, don't really know why are you creating the work that you're creating. Um, I, once, I once read an article about a, a curator, an art curator that said that, um, you know, everyone, everyone has an opinion about art because, and like they think that they know about art. and what she was saying actually is that you know a pretty picture or a, an art piece is not just the art piece it's the art history that is behind it is the story of the the person who created it is the you know the journey that that person made so there's a lot of aspects that have to do with creating something that is not just you know posting a picture on social media but it's just um you know the story of that specific artist, right? So um, to answer to um, to Vera, Vera, look for more personal ways of validating your work. I know that, you know, social media is omnipresent and we are in social on social media, we are all on social media, but uh, perhaps there's places where you can really connect with the person or really connect with the people who is actually giving you feedback. And this will... Um, you know, this will feel more personal. And I think something that you said, um, Neem, that is that take these lighter moments and let them stick with you. You know, I think that's so important to also like um, kind of enjoy 
getting that validation for a long time and not just getting to the next thing at the next day, right? Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to do if you're not used to doing it already. And I mean, I think our bodies are like psyches are not attuned to that. We're more attuned to like remembering the bad stuff because mm -hmm. that will like teach us lessons on how to survive, etc. Like, you know, I'm sure you can remember, you know, the worst thing that's happened <laughs> in like the last 20 years or like the most pain you've ever been. But it's a lot harder to focus in on like the joys that you felt and to like relive those joys as easily as we can relive the pain and suffering that we've been through. And if anybody knows the secret to grasping onto those joyful moments, again, bring them to me. I will welcome them. But I thought I thought you knew. That's why I invited you to the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do have the secret. But for $19.99, you can subscribe to my podcast. Um, and for $3.99 a minute, I can talk to you on the phone and develop those secrets with you and share some of those transcendental secrets. So Amazing. Yeah, I would do that. Like I will add subscribe. it. I will add it to the show notes for everyone who wants to subscribe. So just we're put moving on the graphic. Yeah, so we're moving on to our Better Now segment, uh, where we share something that we are happy about or something that has impacted our lives lately. So Nim, what would you like to share? Something that you're currently happy about or some win of yours or some project that you're working on, whatever it is. I am happy to be in the circle of friends that are creating things that are very fascinating to me. Um, I have a lot of musician friends that have really been working hard during pandemic times to no audiences, essentially. I mean, if you think designing is hard during pandemic, try being a musician whose like life is about touring and creating that type of audience. Um, I just want to list off a few, a friend of mine named Sun Little, a friend of mine named Charlie Rabito, another friend, Britton Ashford, another friend, Megan Livingston. These folks, I am just like constantly inspired by their work and their perseverance and their, uh, the passion that they put into making beautiful things, um, which I can then take in and um, eat um, <laughs> in the form of music. <laughs> Um, but those to me, when I see people that I know doing amazing things, it makes me vicariously live my life through them and be like, wow, this is how I hope to be creative one day. Oh, I love that. I will give them a shout out on our show notes so that everyone can go listen to their music. I'm personally excited and I want to share that, um, you know, Nim, you know that I teach and I, you know, I offer workshops and I have been doing this for the past years. Um, I recently asked my private newsletter and my followers on social media, uh, what would they like to learn from me? And the big majority said that they would like me to teach how to add decoration and flourishing to their lettering. So, and it's crazy because this topic came out today and, uh, in, you know, one of the questions. So, This is something I realize also that I never really offer a workshop around this and my, my work is highly decorative and I never really offer a workshop about this. So I have so much to share. So this workshop is happening in a couple of weeks from now and it's going to be online. So you will be able to join from wherever you are in the world. So you can go, you can sign up for the workshop on martinaflor.com slash stunning lettering. 
Um, I repeat, martinaflor.com slash stunning lettering. I will add this to the show notes. <laughs> um, you can, um, I can only take as much people into the workshop, so you ha should save your spot soon. Nim, I would invite you to the workshop, but you're a freaking genius at adding decoration to your lettering and you will make me look very small if you're in the room. So please Thank don't you. sign up to the workshop, Nim. I will. I will, <laughs> I will make a fool out of myself just for you. <laughs> Amazing. So, Nim, so this is the end of our show. Um, it was so great to have you. So fun. And where can yeah, people find you. you? Give us give uh, us your, your information. So I'll be under my bed for a good three, <laughs> four days after this because I have high social anxiety and need to regroup after having conversations. So under my bed, which is down the hall that way, um, you'll if you hear me whimpering. But if I've come out of there, Um, you can find me on social media, uh, on Instagram, while you're, where you'll see me posting all sorts of things against Instagram and then also self-deprecating stuff. Uh, Nim underscore BR is where you can find me there. Um, also make videos with my friends behind me here, the Cardboard Baby. That's also on Instagram. Hopefully soon there will be some new videos featuring oh, yeah. these idiots and this <laughs> idiot too. Um, And I have a website, nimbenruven.com. That's not as fun as the other things, but for professional purposes, that's where I um, list all of my uh, cryptocurrency seminars that <laughs> I give. Amazing. Really. So, um, need, need, it was great to have you. Um, any last words that you want to say to our audience besides inviting them to your cryptocurrency workshop uh yes uh, first of all thank you martina for having me here you're always a wonderful person to talk with and a very talented person that also gives a lot of inspiration so thank you for having me on your show i hope that i was at least not as evil sounding as scott beersack um <laughs> but it's hard it's hard to be as evil as him yeah, um, yeah. just kidding scott i love you um <laughs> at the end of the day um if you're listening to this podcast Uh, everything that I say, take it or leave it, take it with a grain of salt. I am just an artist slash designer. If you're looking for life advice, look to people with a lot more life experience than designers or uh, lettering artists such as myself. Um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled to the rest of the world and um, explore as much as you can. And I'll do the same. I'll be there. I'll be right there with you exploring. Amazing. I love that. So This is it for all of you watching on YouTube, for all of you listening on your favorite podcast app. Um, you can find me, the host of this show, on social networks as well, at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I will add Neem's uh, contact handles on social networks to the show notes and everything he has shared today with you. I will also add his cryptocurrency workshops so that you can sign up for those workshops as well. If you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast where you can see previous episodes, find show notes and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, listen to this episodes on your favorite podcast platform this is it for today if you love this episode subscribe to this podcast and if you leave us a review it will help others find us thank you all for listening and see you on the next episode of letter now bye bye take care everybody
podcast is awesome.